welcome to the third interview in our interview series. It's pretty exciting. It's really the it's, third. It's now a series. It is right? a series. Yeah. Originally, it was just an interview. Originally, yeah. And then there was a second interview, but and then now there was another interview. And actually, I think you're wrong. I think this is the fourth interview. <laughs> Perfect. You know, this is the fourth interview. <laughs> By the time you all will hear this episode, yes, this will be the fourth interview. I will have finished editing the third interview and the fourth interview. What you guys can't see because we don't share the video with you is me over here counting in my head. One, <laughs> two, three. Nope. Nope. Yep. Yep. That, that was a fourth. That was, yeah. Uh, perfect. Well, in this fourth interview, we hear from Bobby McDonald, who is the CEO and founder of Parlay. You can find Parlay at parlayideas.com. It's a tool we've done an episode on in the past. We have really appreciated not only the conversation we have with Bobby that you're going to hear today, but um, all the, the different things we've looked at in this tool. And I have to give a special shout out again to Mariah, a good friend of mine who put me on the track of this one. Um, it's been really useful for a lot of folks. So thank you, Mariah. Josh, anything before we kick this off? Nope, just then uh, our normal uh, spoiler alert statement. Uh, if you've not listened to our episode where we review Parlay, um, stop. Just go, go listen to that one. Go listen to that one first, you know? If this yeah. were a YouTube video, we'd be like pointing at an end yeah, card we'd or have, something. We'd have like a, yeah, we'd have, but uh, we have a website and a Twitter and all those things will get you to that right spot. So Bingo. Um, if you got here, most likely you found one of those things to find the episode. So go check that out. Um, I, If we were smart, we would have the number prepared, but I don't. So you know what? Go figure it out. That's, that's all you got. Go check that episode out first. <laughs> Perfect. All right, <laughs> folks, let's roll it. One more week, one more interview. We are excited this week to have with us Bobby McDonald. He is the CEO and founder of Parlay, a really interesting tool. You've heard our episode on this before where we talked about the talking about talking, I think, was yeah, the Yeah, didn't joke get confusing at all. It's totally week. fine. <laughs> uh, Bobby, are you here with us? I am. Thanks, guys, oh. for having me. Awesome. Nice. Now we try and get situated each week with these uh, interviews and, and it can be tough to come up with something interesting or, you know, fun, but I I think we had a little bit of a conversation before that would be awesome for our listeners. Your website's name is parlayideas.com. Good plug, mm -hmm. but you've referred to the product as Parlay. So, so which is it? What's, what's the story there? Uh -huh. um, so we call it parlay. The logo says parlay. It's easier just to refer to it, you know, one simple two syllable word. Um, the truth between behind parlay ideas is first of all, that was the URL that was available to us. Um, but above <laughs> and beyond that, um, above and beyond and where we chose parlay ideas as opposed to parlay.com, which is obviously a, a very expensive URL, um, that we don't have. Bummer. <laughs> yeah. Say la vie. Um, I was living in uh, Montreal at the time that the sort of idea for okay. Parlay came to be. Um, obviously, Montreal is a very French-speaking city, um, and Parlay is the French word to speak. Um, okay. And then there's the um, then there's the the pirate term from Pirates of the Caribbean, which is to Parlay, which is P-A-R-L-E-Y, <laughs> which is um, using going to the ship's captain. For those of you who've seen the movie, going to the ship's captain and uh negotiating and using words and negotiation instead of violence as a means to resolve a problem and I we like kind of believe that, that yeah. human beings have two ways of solving problems one is violence and the other is you know discussion uh and then the final one is <laughs> the way that it's actually spelled which is p-a-r-l-a-y ideas 
and parlay uh, that way is obviously a gambling term uh, and the gambling term is you make a bet you win that bet and you take that all of your earnings as well as your original bet and you parlay it into the next bet and so the idea behind discussions is you're parlaying ideas it's an additive process of kids bringing new ideas breaking those ideas down, building them back up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so everyone is, the earnings or the learnings, if you will, are continue, continue <laughs> to grow. Uh, sorry, that was a horrible, horrible joke, but I, that's no, for some reason that. But um, anyway, so triple entendre, so it's so it's overly complex, which, uh, but yeah, well, so that, that's, that's the story behind I've, the name. What I've really learned is that my family and I have house rules for a dice game that we play, and I'm now realizing that the house rule is to parlay. Yeah, we, we, we do a thing where if you roll a certain way, you can take the points and, and pass them on to the next person and they can parlay your points. I, there you I'm go. learning something every day. This is yeah. great. Yeah, I'm, That's, I'm, I'm always learning in all of these interviews that there's so many more layers to the names of uh, these tools that we look at than I ever anticipated. Uh, and uh, makes me wonder if we should have thought deeper about our podcast name. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> we, we get that. Don't you? Yeah, exactly. So, um but yeah, I mean, Bobby, that's really cool, man. I'm now I'm curious. So obviously, you got some of the idea the the idea uh, behind the names. Um, but uh, what drove you to start Parlay specifically? Because like, right, there's a lot of discussion stuff going on. Uh, yeah. What drove you to this idea that that Parlay is? Yes, there's a few things. Um, some really great experiences in my early childhood and early education. Uh, one of them was my grade seven science teacher, Mrs. O'Hare. We had this. Um, antiquated old email system called first class and um and uh she would have us each write a post and submit our post to first class and then we'd have to go in and reply to our our classmates posts and this was grade seven so this would have been like 2000 and i don't know um three maybe and um we were doing it on stem cells because we were learning about the basics of biology and the ethics and the philosophy and the politics of stem cells and stem cell research. And I just remember being totally captivated by the intersection of all those ideas as they apply to, at a basic level, what we were learning in a grade seven science classroom. Uh, <laughs> beyond, beyond that, when I was a kid, um, more like a teenager, one of my close friends, his dad's very educated, well-read guy, and he used to take us on road trips. Uh, and when we'd be on road trips, he would have articles from, I don't know, the New York Times, for example, printed off. And we'd get in the car and you'd hand us each a printed out stapled together articles from, from the New York Times. <laughs> and he'd be like, read this and uh, then we're going to discuss it. And Prepare so like, for the quiz. Yeah. yeah so, and then awesome. we'd, listen to, we'd listen to Bruce Springsteen after, which was great. But yeah, so he would, he would uh, make us do that. So, so those were like some early experiences that I think were pretty formative for me. And then um, when I got to university, I just felt like I was being lectured to all the time. And um, the same thing was true mostly in high school. But I was surrounded by really smart people and, you know, I was studying business and politics. So presumably there's lots to talk about here, uh, <laughs> but we're studying case studies from a decade ago uh, that don't have any relevance in the real world. So I just felt like there was an opportunity really to to learn from people. And, I, you know, I grew up in a big family, big Italian family, everyone talking over each other. So the conversation was always like central to my life. So that's sort of sort of at the fundamental level. And then, you know, seeing a hole in my educational experience. And then I guess one one step beyond that. As I went through university, I took a lot of arts courses and I kind of realized that, uh, you know, the free and open exchange of ideas is a, is a, a, a fundamental pillar of our civilization, um, whether it's at home, at the dinner table, in a business meeting, obviously in politics, in the public square, or now the online public square. Everywhere you look, that, that exchange of ideas and the pursuit of truth 
through you know argumentation and through understanding and listening uh, is is absolutely bedrock. And so I felt like we were losing that a little bit as a civilization. All you have to do is go on Twitter today to watch that happen in real time. Um, uh, what? And so I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's always perfect, right? What are you talking about? Yeah, I exactly. signed on and signed off within minutes today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like yeah, it's just where everyone goes to feel good about themselves. Um, and so yeah, and so that's that's sort of like the the sort of philosophical underpinning of the idea. Like again, lo- long-winded answer there, but yeah, that's that's no, why we're that's doing all right. it. That's awesome. Now, a couple of folks have said it was like a school project or something. You know, like did you get out of university and you just came together and it's like, I'm doing this or did, did you have somebody who was with you at the time? Yeah. So the first, the first version of parlay was, uh, in university, second year university, uh, a friend and I start spent some money that we had earned over the summer on a developer that we hired on Craigslist <laughs> and we met him yes. inside of a Starbucks, inside of a bookstore in Montreal. Uh, we didn't get very far, but the passion was there. And then, as time went on, I sort of shelved the idea. We both went our own ways, did our own thing. I spent some time working in business, like in finance. I worked in software for a little while. And all the while, this kind of idea was burning a hole in the back of my head. Um, and then I finally just decided that I wanted to do something about it. So I started talking to a bunch of university professors and a bunch of high school teachers, giving them mock-ups that were made on Microsoft Word or sketches, basically, and communicating the concept to them and just seeing you know where it resonated the most. And then from there, it kind of just chipped away until it became something I, you know, that made sense to do full time. That's awesome. That's really cool. I mean, Josh and I have learned something, I think at this point through four interviews that our second question is usually fairly useless after you ask someone what drove you to start parlay. Cause our second question yeah. is almost always what makes you passionate about <laughs> this? And that, that I think is coming through, right? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah. I think like the, uh, the, the question I would throw into there, see this, we, we always do this. And then the question we like adjust it or whatever. Although part of me just wants to dig into whatever that experience was with the Craigslist developer, but I'll let that go. <laughs> um, but um, yeah. So like, I, I think like to help people listening, right. For me, yeah. it's uh, like what, while well, the general question of like, what makes you passionate about the product, but what, what makes you passionate? Like what specifically, like if you'd elevator pitch somebody like specifically does parlay do differently that makes you so passionate about it? Because I like, I, I get it because we've done a review of it and obviously loved your tool. Um, but I know like I talk to people and I explain like discussion tools and I get the, the average person who doesn't know as much about it. And they're like, okay, well, yeah, I have this that does discussions. I already have canvas, right? Yeah. I already have canvas and that never breaks. Um, (laughs) so, um, what, what makes you passionate? Like what's that specific thing that you're like, man, this is what's so different about us. Yeah. Um, good question. So the way that we think about it is discussions are, you know, two and two thousand years old, two and a half thousand. We still call them Socratic seminars to this day. So we know fundamentally that they move the needle on so many things, learning outcomes, future skills, citizenship, SEL, all these things that schools care about when they think about the whole child. Uh, discussions move the needle. So they're deeply integrated and very old, uh, you know, teaching and learning strategy for lack of a better term and uh but there, there's some fundamental problems with discussions and, and we've identified three of them basically uh one is that they're not inclusive by nature especially in a large classroom of 20 or 30 kids 35 kids sometimes a few kids will often dominate and those kids will continue to get better and the kids who are quiet for a whole host of reasons won't necessarily you know get there uh and and, and 
do the things they need to do and, and, and practice the way that they need to to improve their communication critical thinking skills in that way. Um, the second thing is that they're just kind of hard to facilitate uh hmm. well <laughs> and it requires a lot of training um and especially so digitally is, yeah. yes exactly especially digitally uh it's sort of like an asterisk with everything these days uh <laughs> and Fair. um and the last one is they're really difficult to measure and as a consequence assess and provide accurate feedback so when we think about parlay we think about how can we create a discussion experience that is inclusive of all voices. And there's a number of different features, whether it's the online roundtable or the live roundtable that we use, that we've implemented to make sure that every kid is on an equal playing field. And that it's a discussion of ideas, not a matter of who said what. Uh, so it focuses on the ideas. The other thing in terms of you know the facilitation techniques and strategies is we have spent a lot of time working with teachers from all over Canada, all over the US, really all over the world, trying to understand you know, best practices for discussions. What kind of you know, scaffolding do we need to put in there? How do we integrate you know, sentence stems and all these different kinds of things? And so we build the pedagogy into the discussion to get kids and teachers from zero to 60 really quick. So that initial foundation is there because the tool is saying, hey, try this. You should build on someone's idea or you should challenge someone's idea. Or if you're commenting on so-and-so's post, use these sentence stems or guiding questions and all that kind of stuff. So it's about building the pedagogy into the experience in a way that's really seamless and really like simple without over making it too structured uh, so that it's not engaging or making it overcomplicated so it's hard to navigate. So it's a really fine balance to sort of strike, which I think we have done a great job at and hopefully we continue to do that. And then the last one is data. Um, we think it's really critical to have sort of two kinds of data. Uh, one at the class-wide level, because some of the best teaching and learning or the best sort of um, protocols for discussions include an assessment, a class-wide reflection at the end. Who was participating the most? What was the nature of the participation? What were some of the core ideas and themes? And doing that, that reflection of that metacognitive you know, part um, at, the, at the end is really critical for as a group to understand how did we pursue truth here? Or how did we get to you know, a deeper understanding as a collective and how can we do better next time? And then of course, at the individual student level, how many times did so-and-so contribute? What was the nature of that contribution? How many different people did they engage with, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And then giving teacher the tools to basically build their own rubric, assess on whatever criteria they want, and then provide personalized feedback to individual students. So that's that's how we think about it is is solving those three core problems using technology, best practices. And then, of course, the last thing I'll say is Parlay has a huge content library that's created by us, partners in the community and even teachers that we work with or teachers in the community. There's over 3000 discussion topics. Some stuff is Greenfield, like we're going to learn about the Renaissance. Other stuff is you know current events on a, on a day by day, yeah. week by week basis. So that's that's a really important thing that makes it easy for teachers to one click implement really high quality discussion activities without having to sort of overthink it uh, or not to overthink it, but it saves them time planning. We'll put it that way. Yeah. What uh, we, we are on video, but we are only recording audio. And so what they couldn't see was in my heart, but you audience couldn't see now that like, I literally just raising the roof with my hands <laughs> as, as I'm hearing um, Bobby talk about the fact that pedagogy is a part of the product philosophy and product design. Right. Yeah. The yes. idea that what Josh and I do for work 
is to help other people identify tech and bridge the gap to pedagogy necessarily. Like we, we become that you're eliminating us in your product and that's totally okay. Right? Like you are finding <laughs> ways to bring pedagogy into the actual use yeah. of your product and, and building it around. And that that's kind of a bedrock of ed tech. Not all things that we use for education in, in ed tech space is actually designed that way. So that makes sense. Like when we have to bridge stuff, but it's just really encouraging. I, re I really appreciate that what you're driving from is the pedagogy and the history of discussion, but not just that, what it means today for these students who are coming up in a society that if they only had Twitter as their model would not be able to engage in proper discourse. That, exactly that to me is the win. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good way to put it. That's yeah. I mean, like that was. I want to do similar things. Raise the roof. Although my roof's, well, well, maybe not higher. I don't know. I'm shorter, so it's probably just you know not closer to me. Um. So, but like the uh, like the point of what what you're mentioning is just the because on a daily basis I deal with this this problem right where like regular LMSs or like learning management systems I deal with, I have like a general discussion tool. This is why I think it was such a great, first of all, your elevator pitch is solid. Um, and it was one of the best elevator rides I've had in a while. Um, but long elevator. The, yeah, <laughs> long elevator. Yeah. It's, you know, it's an elevator. That's a little slow. It's, it's fine. We've been in those Going to um, the 30th floor. That's all. Yeah. Well, it was so good. I didn't leave the elevator. Um, so, but, um, is just that this fact about that, like so much of our work, I think sometimes in discussions is spent just like getting around the tool that we deal with in discussions and trying to make the best of it. And I, I love what you guys are doing, which is essentially kind of building in the the pedagogy into it for the instructor and for the student. Like to your point, you you made a comment about there, just like, hey, respond. Maybe you should check in with this person or respond to this person. Um, and like those pieces are, is what I think we loved about the tool when we first looked at it. it was like there's a thing that the instructor should be doing, which is having them. But a lot of instructors, I think, get lost in this online discussion. And so it's helpful when the tool can, to your point, takes a lot of training. So it's helpful when the tool can kind of help jump in there and bridge that gap. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm perfectly OK with it taking my job um, if uh, if it does it well, which it does. Hey, just just one tool, Josh. You know, we've got all just, the other tools. Yeah, just one tool. If we could solve the discussion problem, that's great. And I think this is a just to speak to it. I, I really love what you guys are doing with it. I think that was uh, Will out of the two of us was the one who found your guys tool first. Um, we usually do this kind of like a breakdown of like what tools we're going to go over. Um, and, uh, and it's a long discussion because if I had a dollar for every tool will adds to our list, I would be a much richer person. Um, we would have but, better tech, but I remember much him showing, ceilings. yeah, I remember <laughs> much higher ceilings, yeah. Um, but I remember him showing me your guys tool and I was just, I was so impressed by just the way it fits some of those prompts in for students, um, in a way that like, I feel like we have to go out of our way to put that into this big discussion prompt thing that guides them. And really it helps when it's guiding them at the moment that they need it. And I, and I think that's really cool what you guys are doing. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. So, uh, any top user stories? Sometimes there's like that guy that's there's that Florida man who has used it wonderfully, um, <laughs> or anecdotes from the field of like parlay making a dramatic change or, or big success for a, a teacher or district. Yeah, I think I can probably come up with a couple good ones. Um, actually, Annalisa, who now works for us, um, and the reason why she started working for us. Um, she used Parlay with her grade four five split class here in Ontario, which is towards the lower end of student driven discussions in terms of age range. But um, so she used Parlay with her classroom a few times and the kids really, really loved it. And one day she came into class and uh, one of the kids said, 
miss, are we going to use uh, parlay today or are we going to do regular school? And <laughs> for her, it was like, oh my gosh, there's a light bulb moment where the kids didn't Headshot. even associate yeah, using parlay with regular classroom experience. It would be like a kid to you know, the rolling in of the TV when we were, when we were kids <laughs> into the front of the, in front of the class. So, uh, so she, she started working for, she, you know, she reached out to us after that and, uh, we started working together and then, you know, now she's, um, full one time, of the most, on yeah, full time. And just like one of the, the critical, you know, more critical than I am. I, I make the joke that I work for her most of the time. Um, <laughs> Amazing. and and so that was one, but I think more recently in online learning, um, uh, one teacher, uh, Gareth, used our live roundtable uh, basically throughout the year. Each year, he does he does very discussion based learning. They use a protocol cut called Touchstones, I think. In any case, he used the live roundtable basically from the beginning of this year. They were they were remote, and he used the live roundtable, I think, eighteen to twenty times with a group of students who really had not experienced student-driven discussions in the way that he was trying to teach as a fundamental core aspect of the classroom. Teacher sits back, guides, and the students are supposed to drive the learning. So he used it about 18 or 20 times, and uh, these were grade 12 students. And by the end of the year, they were kind of getting back into the classroom. I think it was late March, early April. And he said to them all, um, how do you guys feel about continuing to use Parlay or do you want to do you want to just take it from here on your own? And they said, oh, we're, we're OK without it. Like we're, we're ready to go on our own. Oh, and wow. um, in a way, like you guys were saying, Parlay puts you out of a job. We're putting ourselves out of a job because the students had learned to have those kinds of student driven discussions through Parlay with all the scaffolding and all the ways that we sort of build intentionality and the structure and the process into it to the point where they felt comfortable towards the end of their grade 12 year, just running with the discussion as a group by themselves and not having the teacher have to drive the conversation and not needing parlay and all the sort of structure and pedagogy built in. Uh, and to us, that's ideal because if they're leaving grade 12 or grade 11 or whatever it is going into college or university or whatever, where they're going to have those seminars, they feel comfortable participating in that in that kind of environment where they may not necessarily have parlay. And obviously as you go into the world of work and whatever, you don't have that as well. So that's, that's us feeling like we did our job in some sense. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, kudos, but I, I now it has me like thinking through the scenario, like walking into a bar to the right is a person who did not have parlay in school <laughs> to the left is a person who had parlay <laughs> in school. And I consider who should I talk to at the bar? I turn to my left. Like that's, this is, I think the person that, I want to be someone who's discursive, who's able to accept other thoughts and, and work through what it is to kind of just be in community and communication with people. Um, but if you consider where that absence of that practice is, like I said before, if Twitter's your only model, people are not going to be great at discourse. So that class, I think you're right. I'm glad it's putting you out of a job for that class, but I bet the teacher will continue to have that year to year and hopefully make more yeah. cohorts of those strong communicators. Yeah, that's the goal. Now, question that we always have to ask because we we work in we work in ed tech. So, um, any new things down the the horizon? Any fun features you guys are working on for for Parlay? Yeah, a few things. Um, this is this one's not fun, but I think the um, <laughs> the tech integrator in you is going to appreciate this one. We're building an admin portal which gives detailed analytics. Um, oh, that's fun. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so at the at the admin level, you'll be able to see usage over time, time spent on parlay, uh, the different levels of engagement based on the different types of activities, and more importantly, you'll be able to click into certain teachers, filter by site, filter by whatever, and see how many times they've used Parlay. And as an admin, you can actually go in and see the discussions that unfolded. So you can check the engagement rates and see which students are participating and how they set up their discussions, et cetera, et cetera. So we're building that and then, um, or we've built that and we'll be launching it soon. And then along with that, on our end, we're going to have what we call coaching suggestions. So we're gonna go through the data on a regular basis for each one of our customers and say, so-and-so teacher is doing a really good job. So-and-so teacher built this awesome history portfolio of topics. Uh, we think you should run a PD at this school for the live roundtable or the online roundtable based on what we're seeing. And, and so just take a really sort of proactive approach to helping tech coaches sort of integrate parlay, you know, uh, push for that instructional transformation and ultimately, you know, get the most value out of the tool. So, that's something we're building now, and then alongside that, we're going to be we're building integrations with Schoology, Canvas, Google Classroom, Teams, all the all the big names, and student information systems as well for automatic rostering, sharing of assignments, data, all that fun stuff. Uh, so those are some of the things we're working on. And then um, above and beyond that, you know, we have the online and the live roundtable right now, and I can't say too much other than we're thinking about okay, those are two types of discussions. Those are two discussion protocols. What other student-driven learning, discussion-centric, you know, uh, teaching and learning strategies or protocols can we integrate into Parlay? Can we use our, you know, our, you know, uh, we have a good sense of UI and, and great design, great experience, building the pedagogy and measuring it, all inclusivity, all that kind of stuff. How do we build that into different kinds of, you know, discussion protocols um, above and beyond just the the original two? So that's something we're thinking about actively right now. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. And for the, the admin piece, uh, yeah, some of our listeners may not find that fun, but I find that super fun. So um, thank you for sharing that. But no problem. And in my uh, couple of positions at different places, even what I'm doing right now, uh, that data is justification for yeah. two levels, right? One, we're doing what we commit to doing. And two, we're doing it well enough that we should get enough money or more money to keep doing it. You know, like that's, it's, it's a, it's a win-win when you have that kind of data. Yeah, that's the, that's certainly the idea. And, and, you know, the way that we see it is tech coaches are really the bridge between teachers and the classroom and the messy reality of the classroom <laughs> and administration and their, and their goals that are much higher level and often much loftier and, and as they should be, but you know, tech coaches play bridge that gap. And so in our mind, it's, it's how do we support the tech coaches who are helping the school at a, one level achieve its long-term sort of higher level system goals and also helping teachers, you know, move the needle uh, in, in the messy reality of the classroom. So we, we see that that role is critical and, and emergent, and it's something that we, we care a lot about and focus on a lot. Yeah. So awesome. Very cool. Well, Thank you, Bobby, for spending this time with us. We really appreciate it. Of course, we know that, um, you know, a good tool needs to get the light and, and the opportunity it, it deserves. So we hope that some folks find you because of this. Thank you. I really appreciate you guys taking the time. Uh, it's a great conversation. Questions are super interesting. And yeah, let's keep the conversation going. Love it. There can always be a part two. All right, folks, this will be <laughs> it for the interview section. And uh, Josh and I will wrap things up in just a moment. Well, dang.
that was quite the interview, man. Starting with the triple entendre of their name. Yeah. Moving to like Socratic seminars from 2000 years ago. All the way up to like. Building pedagogy into a tool. And and helping instructors scaffold their instruction from the tool itself. Like. Now, I will reiterate what I said in the interview. Um, I need to start thinking more deeply about our tools' names. Okay, that's the thing I keep learning in all these interviews. Um, it's a, it's a for uh, some other tools you mentioned that it's pretty clear. But most of them, I'm like, oh, I haven't thought that deeply about this. Uh, you apparently did. Um, so, oh yeah, kudos, yeah, no. <laughs> kudos. Um, so anyway, but no, like I think, yeah, I think like the the part that I, I like the most out of that, right? If it, if anybody could take anything away from this interview, it would be um when we asked him about kind of like his elevator pitch for why things are different for Mm. their tool. Um, Like they have tried to take the, the elements of good round table discussion and build it, build the actual, the facilitation and pedagogy directly into the tool. Like it's not that the facilitator doesn't need to facilitate, but they've added components into it that I think, especially he didn't emphasize this, but especially in the online round table can help better, can help better online discussions like oh, yeah. show up with uh, good discussions. And we've talked about this before that discussions, if I had to pick a couple things out of online instruction that are weak um, and need rethought and dealt with, I would definitely pick discussions as one of those, because it's just one of those things that yeah, it's just, it's not done well in our normal learning management systems. Yeah. And I increasingly get frustrated with how it's dealt with. Well, and you also think about the boxes that we have to fit stuff into in the, in the LMS, right? Like we've almost always got a stereotypical assignment. We've got yeah. a quiz or test or exam tool or survey. Like we've got a discussion. Like when I think about assignments and what I've had to help folks through with that is kind of maybe sometimes thinking about it to be more multimedia or be more, you know, engaging, but instructors all have different kinds of assignments, right? They just are, you know, they need the tool to have the students send them a PowerPoint, a Word document, an image, whatever. When instructors walk up to discussions, it's like they all got the same discussion prompt. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, wait a second. All of your assignments are different, but all of your discussions are the exact yeah. same. What happened? Well, like, where then, did we miss the opportunity? Yeah, and, and like the frustration that gets with online, right? Is that, and I, I know his, like the interview was not focused on online. Parlay is not completely focused on online. They're shape reshaping in classroom discussion too. I think under, in my opinion, but uh, I tend to hyper-focus on online because it's the place I work in and it's the, right. the space right. that I think a lot of these tools fit into. Um, and like my comment would be this, like they all seem to come with the same prompt and they all get frustrated that on like online discussions don't work. Um, and it's like, yes, an element of this is discussion. The other piece is just like how we go about it. And I think the key that he's talking about in parlay is like, even the way it engages the student to like discuss with a specific student, like to say, Hey, like maybe you should, you know, engage this way with the student and the way the instructor can set up prompts to make that happen in parlay is is powerful because the thing that i think we struggle with in discussions all the time is it's always like a block of text about prompts of what they need to do and it's always like a question and you think about this and make sure your first response is this many words and then by respond to yeah by this date and then respond to at least two students and if you get creative like sometimes we do we have activities where they take on certain personalities and discussions and they respond but the problem is that's all preset ahead of time before responses happen um, and the advantage of parlay is to say, well, that's not how the discussion works. I mean, it evolves as you talk, yeah. right? And so parlay takes a step in that right direction to say, here's how we integrate that into the actual process of discussing to teach them 
how to not discuss on Twitter like they do on Twitter and actually have real um, discussion. I did. Okay. I hope folks have heard our Twitter for education episode by yes. this time. Um, I'm not against Twitter as a tool, but it is something when I'm not using it in an academic sense, like I get tired of the banter, right? You'll see people try and actually engage. <laughs> One of the most logically sound Twitter accounts I can think of is the Steakum Meat Products Twitter. <laughs> because literally not a sponsor hashtag not a sponsor but you could be you could um, be that would be kind of weird but you could the, be the steakum account right every once in a while they put out like literally a picture of their meat product or whatever but it's mm-hmm. run by a guy that i actually know from high school uh, my high school he's a little older than me uh, but he he just like takes it all very seriously and i was i started following him again recently because i came up on my radar and and like the one that he posted last week was like a 20 something tweet treatise on like discourse in society this is the stakeums account right <laughs> that's what we need a little bit more of on twitter and we need parlay users on twitter because i think they're going to be all the better shaped yeah. to be um effective discussion participants now i i believe in this as a product i believe in this as even a methodology because i went through some practices in my grad school where uh dr marcella borge at the um College of Education at Penn State University, she created and her team created a platform to help us do better online discussions. And it was a very regimented experience where each of us had to do certain things for a certain amount of time. And we had different roles and there was a rubric that we were aware of. And we had to make sure there was equity in the conversation, like all these different features, right? And she was, she was building this grassroots for her research and for her folks. Parlay is that but democratic like anybody can get in there and try it and and that's something that i think is really important yeah. because dr dr borges is still working on it and I, I bet she would love for that product to be out there for more people to use uh but but bobby would know right it takes money to get a product out oh, yeah. in the hands of a lot of it people, takes at so. least a developer off of craigslist to start <laughs> and then from there <laughs> So I, it would be fiber, yeah. right? If it, yeah. If, there, if there's a pathway guys if you're listening and you want to start a product there's a path right that's it's Everybody seems to start these tools during university or school. Okay. Um, not everybody seems to get a Craigslist developer and meet him in Starbucks, but they should. So that's one of the yeah. steps on the path. One out of four of our interviews, you know, the product started. Yeah. Be with, well, no, I believe more did. They just didn't tell us. Um, no, just, just <laughs> but no, like it takes time to get that up. And that's what I appreciate about Parlay. They've already got some of that up and they're already thinking through, like, I like the way that they're starting to take to, to look into this. Um, off of our feature comment right aside from the admin stuff so i know there's only a small group uh, of you who maybe agree with will and i get excited about that although i will state that will you brought up a great point which is that admin stuff is how you prove that that tool works because one of the things we mentioned in our interview about parlay that i struggle with is i have a hard time selling a new discussion tool that you have to pay for when we already have a discussion tool at our institution and I'm not yep. the only one that has that problem. So yep. the admin stuff is important because that's how you sell that it's, that it's working. Um, but the other thing that he commented on is without telling us the feature, which I, uh, you know, hurt a little bit. I needed to hear it, but it was fine. It's okay. Uh, um, yeah, we, we, we trust him. We, we gotta, trust you know. him. It's totally fine. Um, but uh, the, the fact that they're looking at other discussion um, mechanisms to drive what they what they bring into the tool because right. that is right. a reality there's different ways to discuss um it's not just simply let's sit around a room and talk about what we think um there's there's formats there's ways to drive discussion 
well. And so I'm really happy that that's just how they're thinking about things. They're not thinking yeah. about like, here's a feature, here's a feature. They're thinking about how do we integrate other discussion types of uh, models that are already working? How do we integrate them so that we can create a tool that guides them for people to his point that take a long time to learn how to actually facilitate those well, much less do it online. And and a kind of a last note, I'm really happy he got metacognition in there. You know, he snuck that, you know, yeah. learning theory in there. But when he and I, we he and I had a prep meeting just to get tech together at one point, and uh, and I was dropping some 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 heavy theory lingo, right? And he's nodding, he's nodding in that call, and then he like comes right back at me. He's like, yeah, exactly. And this and that and the other thing. He starts connecting the things. I was like, oh, he's not just a he's not just the founder. He gets it. Yeah. He knows how this stuff works. Yeah. And Other I, and people I think know how things today. work well, you know? Um, well, no, I'm just oh, gosh, <laughs> I'll just fall on the sword of my own humility right here. My apologies. That's perfect. Uh, yeah, but no, exciting episode. Um, and I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I encourage you to check out Parlay. If our first episode about Parlay did not encourage you enough, which shame on you. Um, if it did not, <laughs> Um, this episode should, uh, because not only is it a great tool, but there are people behind the tool that really are deeply thinking about how do they do discussion well and how does their tool drive that, um, and help, uh, basically, you know, facilitate discussion that can teach students to not just learn the content you're learning, but actually discuss. Um, and I, I think that's powerful. So, uh, check out the tool. I know there's some limitations, uh, that you might run into putting it out, but at least check it out. You know, Will and I were able to get in for free and check it. Um, so uh, yeah go check out parlay guys um and uh thanks again for joining us on this wonderful journey of looking at technology how do we harness it in that classroom you know as, as if you haven't heard us say that phrase enough times uh Wait, surprise what's our, what's our motto? that's our what do we do catchphrase um somebody is somebody's listening to this episode going oh that's what that is okay so uh anyway thank you guys for listening checking it out um and uh we'll see you later see ya <laughs>